Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've mentioned before, a video I did a while back, I can't remember which one it was in, about a story where I was in uh, middle school, basically, and I had a paper route, and I was about a mile from my house delivering newspapers, and uh, an adult stole my mittens. I had a pair of very nice down-filled mittens, and a, and a, and a woman stole my mittens, and I've told that story before, and I've said that I'm convinced that there is a very dark and hot corner of hell reserved for her because she knew I was a child, and she stole them. I knew she stole them. She knew I, I knew she knew, but there's nothing I can do about it because go home and tell my parents, you know, go back, you know, what are you talking about? Your kid's making stuff up. So that's my story, but the point is, you says, Steve, but you remember that story 45 years later? 50 years later? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And sometimes stories like that will stick with you for a good reason. So this story on some level does kind of fall into that category. I'm not saying it's right what the guy did, but the fact that he remembered it so long after the fact doesn't surprise me. I'm going to tell you the version from Jalopnik, but widely reported, including the Washington Post. Lawrence Hodge wrote this story. A man just torched cars at a dealer that sold him a lemon 36 years ago. 36 years ago. The man was sold a lemon of a Jeep by the dealer back in 1986, and he has not forgotten, apparently. So, in 1986, a dealership sold a man a Jeep that he says was a lemon. That transaction has come back to haunt a bunch of people in a big way nearly 40 years later. When the buyer came back to the dealership, and caused over $70,000 via arson just this past July, just last month. The arsonist is a 79-year-old man, and he drove his pickup to O'Daniel Auto Mart in Fort Wayne, Indiana, in the early morning hours of July 17th. He started his revenge by allegedly opening the fuel door of a Jeep Compass on the lot and sticking a road flare inside the opening for the fuel. So he sticks a road flare in there, and the compass burst into flames. The fire spread to a nearby GMC Acadia and a Jeep Cherokee parked nearby as well. So he lights one car on fire, but several catch on fire. Now, while those were burning, he made his way to the Mazda dealer next door. There, he targeted an innocent Pontiac Solstice, By cutting a hole in the convertible top, he took another road flare and dropped it in through the opening, and that caused the car to burst into flames, and of course, that damaged the solstice in the process. Now, all of this was caught on camera, uh, surveillance cameras on the lot, and they estimate the damage to be about $85,000. So $72,000 on the first three cars, and 12,008 in damage to the solstice. Although I'm willing to bet you that 128 is just simply replacement cost in that car. Because, I mean, really, could you really fix a car $12,800 in damage to it and make a profit? Although your car dealership, you probably can't. So, never mind. The man is caught, and he didn't seem to care all that much because reportedly he confessed to everything. And when asked why he had done what he did, He said that that dealership sold him a Jeep with a bad engine 36 years ago. It was time for the chickens to return to roost, he said. 
He says that back then, he tried to get revenge by super gluing the doors of cars on the lot shut. And he even identified himself to investigators in the surveillance video saying, oh, that was cooking, wasn't it? (laughs) Now, here's the point that Jalopnik would like you to understand, that technically speaking, on some levels, this is a crime. And as an attorney, I can confirm that. He was charged with four counts of arson. Arson is a very serious thing. You might say, Steve, only cars got hurt. Well, arson is just a very serious thing. He faces 48 years in prison if convicted on all charges. He still doesn't seem to care. Investigators note that when told the dealership wasn't happy with what he did, he laughed. He laughed. So it sounds like he got what he wanted out of it. That is some level of satisfaction here. But there's a variety of issues that are worth noting. One of which is that Lemon Laws came into being right around this time. And each state now has a Lemon Law, but not all 50 states had them at the same time. So there was a time when some states had Lemon Laws, some states did not. There's also a time when Lemon Laws were so new and confusing, nobody really knew what they did. And so I still to this day encounter people who are like, wait, there's a Lemon Law? What? (laughs) So the question is, what this man did back at the time, because he says they sold him a bad Jeep back in 1986. Was it a new Jeep or was it a used Jeep? I'm curious, because if it was a used Jeep and he bought it as is, well, you could buy something as is because the Uniform Commercial Code predates the Lemon Law, and as is has been a thing for quite some time. So the question is, they sell him a new Jeep or used Jeep? What they sold him, did it come with a warranty? So if it was a used Jeep with a warranty, then the question I have is, did he bring it back and say, guys, you sold me a bad Jeep, can you fix this? If it was a new Jeep, did he bring it in and say, guys, just bought this here, it's got a problem, can you fix it? And none of these questions are answered, and I don't know if anybody asked them, because the real story here is, the guy says, I'm doing this about something that happened 36 years ago. But as a Lemon Law lawyer, you can understand why I'm asking these questions. Because I'm curious. Did the guy have a cause of action back then or not? Now, I've met people, and I'd say about once a month. I meet somebody, and they go, what do you do for a living? And I go, I'm a a Lemon Law attorney. They go, Lemon Law? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I help people buy defective cars. They go, I could have used you. And (laughs) without fail, I heard it two days ago. I could have used you. And And they mention a car they bought. And uh, I go, oh, okay. And I just, just out of curiosity, when was that? What type of car was it? Now, a lot of times it's a used car. A lot of times it was 36 years ago. But it's just conversation starter. I could have used you because I had a bad car back then. And so the real question I have is, did this guy have a case or not? Because if he bought a used car back in 1986 as is, and let's say it had a quarter of a million miles on it, and they sold it to him for $500, and it blew up a year later, he wouldn't really have much of an argument. On the other hand, if he bought a brand new car, it had problems, and he brought it back in, and they said, dude, we don't want to deal with you. Get out of here. Well, then he might have a beef back then. And that's the other thing here, and you got to talk about this, is the statute of limitations, Okay. And I'm not talking about the statute of limitations on the arson because they appear to have gotten the guy pretty quickly. 
Most causes of action, whether civil or criminal, have got statutes of limitation. Murder, of course, famously does not. But it's quite often the case that if a crime gets committed, they've got so long to catch you and and indict you. And if they don't, then that gets lost. Likewise, if somebody wrongs you and you want to sue them, time is of the essence quite often as well. The question is whether it's a one-year statute, which is short, or a six-year statute, which is longer, and those kinds of things. But it really does make you think about somebody who is so upset that they'll go to a car dealership and light four cars on fire, get caught, and go, I don't care. I'm still happy. And laugh about it. Um, That's a person who was pretty upset 36 years ago. And, And the question I have for you is, were they this upset the whole time? Or, and again, I put a lot of thought in this, I understand. Some people don't. Or did something happen that triggered that? In other words, had they been relatively okay the last 20 years and then all of a sudden out of the blue, something reminded them of that? And I've mentioned before, I've got five older brothers. Five older brothers. So you take how old I am and the brothers are all older than that. So we often get together and talk about stories of things that happened decades ago. Decades ago. And one of us will say, do you guys remember the time that he did such and such? And two of us go, yes. And somebody goes, what? (laughs) Wait, hold on a second. I guess I knew about that. I forgot all about it. And something reminds them of it. That's what I'm curious about. Was there something that reminded this guy and sparked it? Or has he been fuming the entire time? Because getting back to the story about the mittens, the, the woman who stole my mittens, In response to that video, I had one person send me an email and say, Steve, it's time you forgave that woman. And she said, because to be carrying that around all these years is not good for you. And I wrote that person back and I said, number one, I'm not going to forgive somebody who never asked for forgiveness, doesn't deserve forgiveness, Because, number two, I'm not carrying it around on a daily basis. I don't think about those mittens that often. Once a year, maybe? Twice a year? Somebody asks me, I'll talk about it. I've had people say, Steve, I just watched that video where you mentioned the mittens. Oh, oh, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. And I forget about it. But I've known people who've carried grudges or hatred towards somebody or or bitterness about an event. Um, Spouses? ex-spouses, and I know too many of those, people who constantly are thinking about and are upset by their ex-spouse. Have they moved on? Yes, it's time for you to move on, okay? But I'm not going to lecture you. I won't lecture you because, like I said, like I told the woman who told me I should forgive the one who stole my mittens, no, not going to forgive her. Didn't ask for it, number one. But number two, I don't carry it around. So the question is, will I, 36 years from now, say, snap on somebody who reminds me of the woman who stole my mittens? I'm not going to. (laughs) not going to. I suspect there's more to this story in the sense that there's something else that happened in this guy's life that put him in a situation where he's thinking about all of the things that happened to him. And I'll bet you anything that that piece of junk car the dealership sold him 
just seemed to be to him the one big unanswered question in his life. that He hadn't resolved that. And this was his way of resolving it. And that's just my own little armchair psychiatry there. So, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. There's no way to tell. We'll see what happens to the man, though, because uh, he just torched four cars at a dealership. And he says he did it because they sold him a lemon 36 years ago. <laughs> Crazy. Jalopnik published it. Lawrence Hodge wrote it. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. I've learned two very important lessons in my life. I don't remember the first one, and the second one is to write everything down.